and welcome to How to Survive Your Life. I'm your host, Molly Merwin, and I'm joined, as always, by Daisy Earl and Kaylee Cassidy. This podcast takes inspiration from the news, discusses it, debates it, and gives you top tips on how to survive everything. And welcome to How to Survive Your Life. I am your host, Molly Merwin. Welcome to episode eight. What? What, what? Ring the alarm, ring the church bells, (laughs) because it is weddings today. Daisy Earl and Kaylee Cassidy are joining me as always today. I think I started with Daisy last week. We did, I think so, yeah. Okay, cool. Now then, so I'm going to start with Kaylee. Kaylee, how are you? How are you surviving you're so polite, Molly. I love I it. You're like, I don't want them to think that I'm biased. So I'm going to go even, even <laughs> no. every week. Um, I yes. love it. Yeah, I thought when you said that, ring the ring the alarm, ring the bells. You really reminded me of Christina Aguilera. Ring the alarm yes. and I'm throwing yes. elbows. <laughs> ring the alarm and I'm yes. throwing elbows. I thought the same thing, yeah. <laughs> I loved that video so much. I'm good. I'm, I'm not on the boat today uh, recording. <gasps> Mm. Oh. So I'm in my friend's house because there's some stuff going down on the boat, which um, Ooh, dun, dun, dun. Now I, I love that that makes you sound like a smuggler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a hey, drop then... off, have you, Katie? <laughs> I love that I could be a smuggler. You could be. I believe I in you. I think you would be a prime smuggler because you don't look like a smuggler. You don't sound like a smuggler. No. You know what I mean? But what so does you would a actually smuggler be... sound like? I don't know, but not like you. You're too pirate. nice. You're too sweet. A pirate. Sounds like a pirate. Really? <laughs> How a pirate is a smuggler? Well, back in Torquay, where I'm from, the smugglers, there's a big history. And, and I used to go somewhere called Smuggler's Cove. Smuggler is a good word to keep saying. Smuggler. Smuggler. It's enjoyable. It's very enjoyable. Maybe we'll have to do an episode of How to Survive Smugglers. That's a great next episode. Yeah. Next one. How to Survive. How to. Yeah. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. Done. Cool. Daisy, how are you doing? How are you surviving? I'm good. It's just been another week in this, you know nonsense but other than that i'm fine i'm good I'm, I'm looking forward to today um can i just check in who's winning at the moment oh yeah all right all right <laughs> all right we didn't need to go there so soon <laughs> well since I you just... asked it is you daisy by <laughs> one episode it is four to three wow just i just wanted to check that was just all. just wanted to check she always needs to put me in my place because she saw the <laughs> smile on my face she was like i'm gonna bring that bitch down <laughs> that's what that's what i do kaylee it's the absolute opposite to empowering women if i feel one of them's too cocky i'm like bring her down a peg or two yeah (laughs) my mum's like calls it a pedestal get back get off your pedestal where's my Uh, mum from that was a funny accent Can I, sorry, that just reminded me of a bit. I, did you ever watch the the IT crowd on Channel oh, yeah. 4? Yeah. Where one of them keeps mispronouncing pedestal and he says like pedestal or something. But I remember last week and I, I've literally tried to hold this in my brain to tell you because I found it so funny. Have you heard the expression opening up Pandora's box? Have oh, you, yeah. You know expression, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they go, oh, you don't want to do that. You could just open up Pandora's box his box yeah my dad was telling me we were talking about something in the news or some court case and I said oh why didn't they investigate it and he said and he wasn't trying to be funny he honestly got this wrong he went well I don't think they could I think they were worried they were going to open up a 
panda's box. <laughs> I've never laughed harder. It was so adorable. They're gonna. I, I just so silly. That reminds me of my mom did something similar, but um, she was like Cooley, and I went because when I went home, like maybe this was like two years ago. Cooley, have you ever tried a bagel? And I was like, what? <laughs> Why is a bagel? And she was like, you know, the bread with the hole in it. And I just oh, thought it was wonderful. A bagel. A bagel. That's really cute. My mom, well, I don't know. This may not land here as well. My mom calls tampons, tampons. 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 Oh. Tampons. 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 Do you need some tampons? Do you have a tampon? <laughs> How are you? You know, I'm like, it's a tampon. That's an O. It's not an I. It's an O. Oh, I love <laughs> it. I love term. it. And there's a funny, there's a funny story when I worked in a shop when I was younger called the Happy Apple. It's like an organic food store. An American guy came in and he was like, Hey, have you got any coffee, mate? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take you to the coffee. <laughs> and and he was like, No, not coffee, coffee, mate. And I was like, Mate, like the coffee is there. <laughs> and it's like, I can't understand it. You know, it's like this thing, and the and I didn't even know coffee mate existed. And I was like, I Don't know what's going on here. That's a classic. Who's on first? Wait, I, I don't know if that's a, can, I don't know if that's a reference here, but anyway, I didn't get it. Okay. Can <laughs> I ask you an American thing, Molly? Yes. I uh, have always been intrigued by, and I've seen them in films, and they mm-hmm. absolutely fascinate me. It's called, I think, a tea maid, and it's like something that like wakes you up with coffee, so it you can time it. It's like a coffee or a tea maker, and then you t- set a timer. Oh yeah, a coffee maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'll make it for you in the morning. Yeah. I've only wow, seen it in American amazing. films. Have you ever had one? Yeah, I mean, we don't, so obviously I don't drink coffee. Actually, I drink tea, but um, my husband's a big coffee drinker and most of my family is too. But actually, when we moved here, we have a coffee maker that you program it and, and you know, you want your coffee at seven. It, start, it starts at seven. But I mean, these ones like had the cup ready. It was like by your bed. Oh, that's very posh. Uh, I'm, and I'm not sure whether this is, <laughs> you know, when it's one of these things that you're like, did I see this in like goosebumps once and yeah. think this was real and actually. But was it Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Because they have inventions be. of that. I've, yeah, I've now lost all confidence in this the more I've spoke about it being a real thing. Yeah. Were they in a hotel? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that I, I love see. that in hotels though when you have uh, the mini kettle and everything. Yes. And you just take so, all the tea bags home with you. Oh, yeah. always. I have yeah. so many. I literally I, the other day I took a, a photo of it, how many of the little like shampoos and stuff. Oh, I'm I so, saw that. Yeah, I'm so cheap that every time I stay in a hotel for stand-up, I'd be like, yoink, this is now mine, yeah. I paid for it. <laughs> but I think you owe it to the world to use them now because there's no point storing yeah. them up. I'm actually going through everything because I was yeah. like, why not? And then minimize stuff and then just get some more I'm so particular though I so in the morning I like jasmine tea and so I Ooh. always take tea with me I know I'm very very posh me uh, so I always take tea with me but then in the afternoons you know I'll have like a like a just a normal tea and I'll take those like a common peasant the common peasant <laughs> I'm lowering myself down to your level <laughs> okay ladies so we're talking about weddings today ironically this was was not intentional, but today is my wedding anniversary at the time of this recording. Beautiful. Very exciting. Congratulations. Or what do you say to that? Do you say like, 
well done or yeah <laughs> well done for sticking it through and not killing each other happy not divorced yet well done yeah, no divorce yeah uh beating those statistics <laughs> yeah just happy anniversary i yeah i um oh yeah that's have, it that's it happy that's anniversary it. happy there anniversary how long has it been more five years very good five years i've been in the uk five years at the end of the month because we got married on a friday and we left the country uh 6 a.m on a monday and never went back <laughs> no we have gone back since but I yeah we, um, you were in a time machine because of the jet lag <laughs> yeah yeah well because we so we got married and then we honeymooned in as i told you guys thailand and then we went straight from thailand to here mm. so uh it kind of was just like an extended mm. honeymoon for a while there and then we're like oh wait this is our actual life we need to actually do things <laughs> oh it's one of the joys of life i've never experienced a honeymoon Aww. A honeymoon period. It's- yes, indeed. But not an actual honeymoon. <laughs> and I love the moon. <laughs> you would love a honeymoon. The best thing about a honeymoon is like, I don't know, like we chose Thailand because it's cheap. It wasn't like it's not cheap to get there from America, but my husband had traveled a lot at the time. So we had all these like airline miles. So we actually didn't spend a lot. And then you get there and we were just like Jay-Z and Beyonce, you know, because we could just afford everything. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's much cheaper. Yeah. And also because we obviously we moved to a, another country, we didn't ask for a lot of gifts. That's a thing, you know, they have a registry in, in, in the States. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's like it here. Do you guys do registries here? No, I think it's very expensive to get married in America. It is. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive. But anyway, so we had a registry. So people like buy you things, which is another fun thing about weddings. Oh, I sorry. I didn't realize what it was. Is a registry just like a gift list? Yes. Exactly oh, yeah. You do have that. Yeah. I yeah. love that so, you asked me, Molly. And I'm like, I don't know. I've never been married. Also, like, <laughs> top news. I've ever, I, I've never been to a wedding apart from when I was nine Okay, nine years old, went to a wedding and it was my auntie's wedding, Auntie Caroline. It was when my mum and dad were still together and I was wearing a red velour long shirt with a long skirt and I taught everyone on the dance floor to do tragedy because that's what was the big hit at the time. But the wedding was an absolute (laughs) tragedy because a man, an older man, like maybe about 30, offered to buy me a drink. I don't know, he must have seen me leading the dance floor and thought I was older than I was. I started crying because I didn't know what to do. I was like, he's asking me if I want to drink. I'm only nine. And my dad went ape. My dad's so tall. He's like six foot something, angry Glaswegian man. And he went mental at this guy. And they went outside. I think they had a fight. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, it was really traumatic. Uh, So that's my only experience of a wedding. That's why you've never been invited to another wedding. Yeah, because I, because I, because I'll be I'm forever nine years old, getting older men to buy me drinks, and <laughs> people are like, I don't know, that Kaylee. Yeah, don't, don't get her to come to our wedding. No, I think I've been invited, but I've just never. I'm not like, I don't know. I, I, if I get invited now, I'm like, oh, I've been invited, and then I realize it's just to the party. Oh. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing here. That so you guys. Explain a wedding, like the difference, because you have the ceremony and then you have the party. And so people are invited to different things. So what you do is at the wedding, you uh-huh. you have people that you really like go there that you don't mind uh-huh. spending money on because they're going to eat the food and drink the free alcohol. And then the people who you don't really care about go to the party in the evening where they buy their own drink and they buy their own food. <laughs> oh, that sucks. So, yeah, you get all the freebies, but you still have to buy them a present if you go to the party. Oh, lame. Mm. So 
in this state, typically, and this is just typical and everybody's unique and everybody has, you know, obviously their, their unique wedding, but typically like whoever you invite to the wedding is going to come to the reception. And that's just, mm. that's just how it is. Yeah. Now we did an open bar, but some people do cash bars. Like my, my brother's first wedding, he, they did a cash bar because his, his wife at the time's family they're quite, well, they're drunks and they're like, we can't afford to <laughs> yeah, pay for yeah, them yeah. to drink. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, fair, fair, fair. But also if you, if you do have like an open bar, I feel like it's like all you can eat buffet. Like you eat yeah. more than you would. You drink more than you yeah. would. And then you just got like loads of people like slurring the words, is this the way to Amarillo? And that's your memory of your wedding night. <laughs> Were you at my wedding, Kaylee? <laughs> I was. I was yeah. working the barmaid. <laughs> ah, I thought you looked familiar. No. So this is what we did for my wedding. We did, um, so very common in the States we have, you know, typically you do the wedding and then you have a cocktail hour and then you have the reception. Well, what we did is we got married on a Friday at six o'clock, said the invitations, but we actually stole this idea from a friend. What we did is we had the cocktail hour first. So people got there because our because we just wanted it to be a big party, especially because we're leaving the country and we want people to have a good time. And in, and also people are coming off work. So as soon as you get there, it's an open bar and hors d'oeuvres. So there's like an hour of that. Then we had the wedding and the actual ceremony was like 15 minutes, maybe 20. And then oh, it sounds nice. Yeah, quick wham bam, thank you, ma'am. I don't, I don't want a prayer. I don't want a monologue. I don't want a poem. I don't want a song. I just want to get married and go party. So that's what we did. And then and then we had the reception. But the fun part about that is we that meant we had to do all of our photos before the wedding, and which is fine, but that meant the whole bridal party was going to be there while we're doing this. And Alex and I had a few like extra photos we had to take. Well, we arranged for the bar to open about an hour, hour and a half early for the bridal party. So that, you know, they could have a fun time. This sounded good in theory until let's see the guys started drinking. Alex had intentionally, they were hanging out during the day and Alex had intentionally only bought beer, just like a little bit of beer. So people could just hang out and drink. Then my brother shows up. This is with all the groomsmen with a very nice bottle of bourbon. And so bourbon is American whiskey. And so they drank that. Then we do the photos. Then the open bar starts to the bridal party, people start drinking, including my, my middle brother, who's in the middle of a divorce at this point, two of the groomsmen stole a golf cart because we were getting married at a golf course and they almost got kicked out before the ceremony. And then, so then by the time the actual ceremony starts, the bridal party has been drinking a good hour and a half, two hours, in addition to whatever they've been drinking during the day. And there's a picture of my brother, my middle brother, walking down the aisle with like a whiskey in his hand, like escorting my stepmother down the aisle. And then once it gets to the speeches, the, you know, the best man gives his speech. My, my best friend gives her speech. I, not, I see her not give the microphone to the DJ as she should. All of a sudden, my brother takes it. My middle brother takes it and gives a drunken and promptu wedding speech. I love that. It yeah, was amazing. It was amazing. It was, we loved it because he didn't, he was obviously drunk to everybody, but he wasn't, he wasn't a jerk. He didn't embarrass himself. It was all in good fun. It was Aww. like, I've been away for a while and, you know, I'm finally back and 
I've been spending the last few days with Molly and Alex and I helped them move out of their flat, their oh. apartment yesterday. And that was oh, fun. Nice. And just, yeah, it was, it was funny, but then he got like super sappy and, and we're like, okay, great, great. Let's end <laughs> yeah, it. Like end yeah. it there. Anyway, uh, I went off. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for indulging me in that story. It's really sweet though. And I, Love that he was drunk, but not so drunk that he was a jerk. I think that's important information. But also, I saw a TikTok recently, because one thing I've really got into in lockdown is just watching hours of TikTok. I love it. But it was this woman, and it was such a funny video, because she put up her wedding first dance video. And basically, she was battered. She was so, so pissed. And she like put an arrow in the video to her father-in-law, who was picking her up off the dance floor when she was lit starfishing so she had just lay flat on the floor like arms out doing the starfish bless this woman she looked so beautiful but like she had lost her mind and I think that that would be my bonus tip this episode for how to survive your wedding is don't get don't get too yeah I'll I'll put that as my bonus tip as well we don't need to rebut each other yeah yeah I will concur that one. Because a really drunk bride is entertaining, but also (laughs) not great on the video. No. So ladies, one reason we chose this subject is I've been seeing a lot of articles about people who, because of the situation in the world right now, I've seen a lot of articles of people having to cancel their weddings. I've actually had three friends, one friend, not that close to, but we worked together in a show and she actually was in an article because she was supposed to get married this year and it's now postponed until next year. And I have two other friends. One was supposed to get married next week, actually, I believe. And it's postponed. They postponed it first to September. Now it's postponed to next year. And then again, another friend that was supposed to get married this year and it's indefinitely postponed. So a lot of people are having to postpone their weddings because of the situation. It doesn't matter, right? It really doesn't. Well, this one article I read, I thought this was so sweet. This, this, you know, this couple was supposed to get married this year and they're like, you know what? It doesn't matter. So they got a friend that could come over to their garden and the garden was their friend was the officiant and they got married in the garden and they're like oh. we'll have the ceremony last year their next year and i'm like there you go that's nice yeah okay ladies so let's get people through weddings whether they're attending one or planning one they've got to survive it and we're going to help them okay if this is your first time listening to how to survive your life thanks for listening how are you welcome and if you're coming back Thanks for sticking with us. To remind you, each week, Daisy and Kaylee will bring three top tips on how to survive that topic. And then the other person will rebut what that person's top tip. Each section, I will give two points to that top tip. I will also potentially give a point for rebuttals, and that would just be one point. And then I may, if I really, really, really like the other tip, I may give an additional point for the other tip, If I, but I've got to really, really like it. The problem is, as you will find, is I usually agree with both these women. <laughs> so... It's really hard. So at the end of the episode, we will have a survivalist of the week. So far, as as Daisy reminded us so kindly at the top of the episode, Daisy is in the lead for episodes to Kaylee's three, but that's not much of a lead. So we'll see if she holds on to it. And with that, Daisy, as always, the champion and the survivalist of the week previously goes first. Daisy, what is your first top tip for surviving 
weddings. Okay, so my first top tip to survive a wedding is actually to do with wedding planning. And I'm taking this lesson exclusively from the show 90 Day Fiance. Now, I don't know if any of you guys have seen 90 Day Fiance, but it is Oh my God. I haven't seen it, but my friend has a podcast about it and it's apparently very popular in the US. Anyway. Wow. I absolutely need to know what that podcast is because, and I think it is, it is a show that is absolutely worthy of its own podcast because it's just (laughs) incredible. It's this show. So it's, it's set in America and it's reality TV It is magnificent. If you like trash TV, I cannot recommend 90 Day Fiancé more. The premise of it is that these couples have met, some of them have met online, some of them have met abroad when they're traveling. And then essentially they come, the person who wants to get married comes generally to the USA on a ky something form um i can't remember what it's called but it's the ky7 form and it's basically no no, no. it's not ky is a type of lubricant in the u.s oh well it's i don't think it is i don't think it's ky i could be wrong on that it doesn't matter sorry i'm actually now i've got heckled by the judge i'm going no i only laugh because ky reminded me of ky jelly which is a lubricant in the u.s so what's it lubricant for molly i mean you know weddings that's what it's for do i if i'm right that it's ky do i get a bonus point maybe you may get a half point all right i'm i'll have to find it out because i'm gonna distract myself but i'll i'll find out later but anyway sorry so essentially that but they have a, a fiance visa so it's only 90 days that's the premise of the show they have to come to the u.s get married within 90 days so they've put themselves under enormous pressure to plan a wedding and get everything ready, tell their families, etc. So I'm going to focus these lessons on season four, because that's the, the season I watched most recently. And good God, I love it. So firstly, Pedro and Chantel. So Chantel is American. Pedro is from the Dominican Republic. And he is this like sweet well-mannered man and her family god love them are monsters because (laughs) she is a nice girl but i find her family she has a brother called river and he's this teenage boy and basically when they come to america they don't immediately tell her family they're engaged they say he's on a student visa so when she then reveals this her teenage brother who I'm like oh my god get your own life it's like we're really disappointed in you Chantel we're really like he's so judgy and I'm like you need your own life and then they come to their wedding and they make him sign a prenup and I love it because he skypes his mum in the Dominican Republic and she calls them stupid Americans but the way she (laughs) says it it's like stupido americano and I'm like yes mum because it's so true though because they all have this thing And it's so, it's that really like quiet racism that because he's from the Dominican Republic, they're like, he just wants a green card. He just wants to live here in America. And I'm like, America's not that cool. Maybe he likes the Dominican Republic. Maybe she wants to live there. They did it with a guy. So one of the other people who I'll talk about, he's from Morocco. And they said in this, like, they have this chat show at the end of the season. And I don't know who this American host is, but she's such a like Sarah shit stirrer. She's like, did you feel? 
feel this when that happened? Like, let me poke your wound. She's awful. And she asked the Moroccan guy, are you just doing this? Basically, people are saying you're doing it for a green card. And he was like, I want us to live in Morocco. So like, how does that work? I can live here already. Like, I just thought it was so sorry. There's been an attractive noise. Um, But there were so many lessons. So firstly, don't let your family be quietly racist to your fiance by by suggesting they just want to be there on a green card. And then there was another couple called Matt and Arla, and Arla was from Russia. He had been married three times before and at every opportunity would bring this up. So like when they were getting their rings measured and stuff, they, he, he was like, oh, well, this is wedding number four. He would just clang it into a conversation <laughs> where there was no place for it. So if you've been married before, stop mentioning you've been married before. You don't need to keep mentioning it. He had a horrible best man called Patrick who kept like referring to her as like his next wife and said he thought she was oh. a gold digger and was like so <gasps> rude. Patrick wasn't sure whether he was going to say something to object at the wedding. And I feel like if you have a friend who's that much of a liability, uninvite them. Just be like, don't come to my wedding. You're insane. And then this is my my two. I've saved the best to last because these were my two favorite couples to take lessons from 90 Day Fiance. And Fisa and George. So he ended up, this is too long a story to go into on this. But he sold medical marijuana, but then he ended up going to prison after the series because I guess he, I don't know, dabbled in other drugs um, or selling not so medical marijuana. But this woman was from Russia and she might be my hero because she was a complete gold digger. But what I admired about her was that she was absolutely upfront about it and i think if you're gonna marry someone (laughs) for their money just be honest because Mm -hmm. she was like well i like money i've come over here i wanted prada handbag he does not buy this so you know and then when he was like oh so all you care about is money and she was like well if i was not attractive if i did not look like this you would not want to be with me either and i thought yes call him out and face her he wants to be with a beautiful woman. You want his money. This seems like a fair deal. And then the the final thing was like, so this is mainly, I suppose, because it's on my day fiance, but people who are married, people from overseas. So if your partner happens to be from overseas, when planning your wedding, like respect that they have a different culture because Nicole and Aslam, so Aslam was the one from, she's American and he's from Morocco. So firstly, I cannot emphasize how rude this man is to her. So I don't know why he's with her because she's bigger and he'll say things to her. Like she was trying to climb up a sand dune with him, which is really hard. And he was like, oh, you're so lazy. And I'm like, hang on. I mean, not being able to climb up a hot sand dune and it was huge i'm like i'm not sure Those that's are hard lazy. that sounds no, that's hard in the desert in searing heat i think you could give her a break um and then he said to her in an interview he was like i am attracted to her but only 55 percent and i thought what like 55%. Don't give it a percentage if you're not sure. I thought awful. But what she did was in Morocco, so I've traveled in Morocco and it's a Muslim country and you really aren't allowed to do, I'm, I'm not sure what the exact law is, but it's not allowed, like public displays of affection aren't allowed. So you can hold hands in the street, but that's absolutely it. And it would be super inappropriate there to, to do more than that. No one's doing it. And yet she the whole time 
just refused to accept that that was a cultural difference. So whenever he tried to explain to her, he couldn't hold her hand or like hug her or doing these things in the street because it's, it's the law in Morocco. She was just so rude about it. And so like, well, you're not going to hold my hand. And he was like, I don't know how to make this clearer, do you? So I think, yeah, if you're, if you're planning a wedding and you're in that fiance period, my overall tip from 90 day fiance would be just to respect someone's culture and not assume just because you're the Westerner or from the UK or from America that you're in the superior position and everyone wants in your country because, mm-hmm. you know, it's unlikely. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Thank you, Daisy. Kaylee, in one to three sentences, what is your rebuttal? Um, I don't think that people should watch trash TV. I think it's not good for the soul. And it also is not good for unwinding biases about stereotypes. So don't watch trash TV and definitely don't watch 90 Day Fiance. That seems very quietly racist. Thank you, Kaylee. Amazing. Also, while you were, I was listening to you, uh, Daisy, it is a K1. So you were not. Oh, no. K1 visa, not KY. Okay. I'll give you that. No, no. The same thing. No, it's not. Okay. KY is a a lubricant. lubricant. Do you know, I just very quickly, I had a French friend who one day, she's really nice. And one day we got very drunk. And the next day, she kept saying to me, Oh, you were so funny last night. You kept uh, trying to offer me a lubricant. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I was drunk last night. I wasn't that drunk. I genuinely had no idea. And it's because I had Vaseline in my bag, but it was like to put on your lips and she didn't yeah. understand why I kept trying to give it to her. Aww. So she was like, it was so weird. <laughs> but Vaseline here, just to be clear, is to go on your lip. Yes, that's what I use it for too. Yeah, but it's also for other things, which is fine too. Right? I guess so, which is fine too. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's what they use it for in France, the other thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, Kaylee, it is now to you with your first top tip for surviving weddings. Okay, so my first top tip is keep your wedding birdie, as in cheap, 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 and invest <laughs> in the experience of the big day. Why am I saying is the emphasis on the big day? on the experience. Psychologists have researched how good living is enhanced by doing rather than having. Experience over stuff, specifically awesome stuff like those debt collecting wedding dresses and ship sinking engagement rings. An article in The Economist Economist says a typical British wedding can cost anywhere between 18,000 and 25,000. That's just a typical one. Mm A study published in 2015 by two economists at Emory University found that among those who had married on a higher budget, they were more likely to get divorced, which divorce is also very expensive. Mm -hmm. They were also more stressed about paying off their wedding debts. Such money worries might discourage people from dreaming about a wedding in a castle, which is an experience, but a very expensive experience. Mm -hmm. As a person who constantly have a cloud of university debt above my head, I really don't feel like having a wedding debt to add to that cloud too. Now, I looked at two psychologists called Leif Van Born and Thomas Gilovich, and they did a study which was called To Do or To Have, that is the question. And in it, they discovered that experiences make people happier because they are more open to positive reinterpretations. Events are a more meaningful part of one's identity and contribute more to successful social relationships. 
they found out that money spent on experience is money well spent because it contributes to happiness and makes the participants happy when they think about it. However, this is not the same for material goods. So thinking about the objects, the researchers found the material things just stick around to upset you. So a new car eventually gets old, whereas experiences are fleeting. So they kind of go away and you just remember the good times, which is probably where the honeymoon period comes from. Mm -hmm. And and also like material goods can even provoke negative reactions in people because, you know, when you got married, often people want to like have the perfect body to get in these wedding dresses. And then afterwards they can't get in their wedding dress anymore. So the thing is stuck around to sort of make you feel negative about yourself because you can't get in it when it doesn't really matter. It's way more fun also to tell people about experiences rather than stuff because experiences helps other people resonate with you and experiences like I just said are fleeting they don't stick around for us to get bored of them so materialism is an annoying feature of our brains which makes us think that we want awesome stuff and when we get it we'll be happy but actually research has found that it's not true it's a misconception there are some pricey misconceptions does an expensive wedding ring show you how much your fiance loves you? Does an expensive wedding dress make you the center of attention? Will the perfect body make you content when you see the wedding album? And will a horse and carriage be like forever the talk of the town? Tradition suggests that we are wanting the wrong things. Material goods will never satisfy us as our reference points are constantly rising when we get the thing that we want. How can we overcome these annoying features? Laurie Santos, who is the course leader of the science of well-being, the course I'm studying at the moment online at Yale. I love how every episode you drop that in. I have to. It's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful course. I love her. I love Laurie Santos so much. She's got the best hair. So she, she yeah, but like she said, she says, stuff sticks around to disappoint us. Invest in the wedding as an experience to share with your friends, your family, but mainly your lover. The partnership is what it's all about. But all the expectations around a wedding can get in the way and distract from the actual day, the actual event. I feel like we've become estranged from what a wedding truly is. I know I've never been to one, but a celebration of love and two communities connecting. I think that's what a wedding's about. If your wedding is an experience, it will be rich in celebration and you'll look forward to it more. If your wedding is an expensive Jenga tower filled with overpriced purchases, it will just fall over. And one might even feel like they can't wait for it all to be over. Have you ever heard someone say that? Can't wait for it to be over. Oh, it's so stressful. Can't wait for it to be over. And I feel like that's not what a wedding is about. A wedding is the special day and the marriage is the life thereafter. So please make it a good experience and keep it birdie. (laughs) Keep it birdie. Thank you, Kaylee. Daisy, your rebuttal. I would say there's definitely merit in keeping a wedding cheap. But also there's such a special day, they're a really rare opportunity to have your friends and family all together. So I think if you see it as a a big celebration, a big party, in terms of guest experience, sometimes you have to spend some money. So don't feel guilty about that. You know, there are there are a few things in your life that you get to splash out on. And if if you really dreamt about having you know, a fairy tale wedding and from when you're a kid you thought I want that horse and cart, then you know, that's okay too. Excellent. Thank you, Daisy. Okay, once again, ladies, two really good top tips and two really good rebuttals. I'm gonna start with a top tip and I'm gonna give this one 
to Kaylee. Keep it birdie. Invest <laughs> in the experience of the day. I think that's important because you don't want to be paying for a wedding five years after you have it and you could be divorcing. And also it honestly is about the experience. And, and I say that make the experience about you. You know, whatever that is, you and your fiance, make it about you. It's the, the cool thing about a wedding. It is an opportunity to bring your families together and your friends together and reconnect. And that's great. And I love that. But it is about you too. And it is about experiencing this day together and making it about you. And however that means. A top tip from your judge, if I may. Oh, lovely. Oh, an add-on. An add-on. What we did is we each had two things that was really important to us. And then everything else, you just kind of, okay, don't worry about it. So something that was very important to both of us was having an outdoor venue. Okay. That was an easy. And then something for me that was really important to me on the day of the wedding, I wanted to get, I wanted to have like Manny Petties and like a brunch with mimosas and Bloody Marys and all that with my bridal party and all the moms. And so that was like something that was really important to me. And I forget what Alex's other thing was. And so then every, I, oh, photography, that was his thing. So everything else we like, okay, that's fine. We, we can let it go. So yeah, I think that's good. Invest in the experience of the day, whatever that means to you. So that's two points to Kaylee. However, don't get used to this audience because I don't do this all the time. As we know, if you've been listening before, I am going to give a point to Daisy for respect someone's culture and don't think you're superior because I think that's an excellent just life advice, period, mm. not just for a wedding. It's maybe what's going on in the world right now. If people had listened to that, we may be in a better place. So I'm giving Daisy yeah. a point for that. And I'm actually not going to give any rebuttal points because I actually do, even though I, I went with Kaylee on the keep it cheap and invest in the experience of the day, I do agree with Daisy that it is a special day. And so make it a party, but in making a party, you can still be cheap, cheap, cheap. And I do agree with Kaylee. Don't watch trash TV. Although I do understand some people need that as a, as an escape, but that's your judge judging you. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. <laughs> we all have opinions. It's yeah, fine. we all have opinions and mine's the only one that matters on this show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay, Kaylee, we now start with you. What is your second top tip for surviving weddings? Before I tell you this top tip, I have a confession. <gasps> okay. I know I told you I've only ever been to a wedding. Yeah. One wedding when I was nine years old. Uh -huh. But in fact, I'm actually a married woman. Okay. It's true. When I was three years old, I married an older man. He was five. His name was Matthew. Now, I am just going to take a moment to address this start of this top tip to Matthew and then I'll come back to it okay it's taking a diversion Matthew if you're out there I want you to know that I need to ask for a divorce I think it's time we both moved on properly that pipe cleaner ring you made me was so special but it's time for me to throw the ring away I haven't seen you since you left school at six I know I cried when we were getting married and that must have been very hard for you but I never wanted to be tied down, not at such a young age. So please, I've sent the divorce papers in the post. I don't know your address, so it just says your name. I hope you'll get them. Of course, I did the divorce papers in Crayola to keep the memory of alive when we met. Why not, eh, for old time's sake? I know it's sad that I never knew your surname. It just meant I always kept my own name, except for the two weeks after the wedding and you called me Mrs. Matthew. It was too much and I cried in the corner of the playground by the smelly apple bin until the bell rang <laughs> and it was time for the music with Mrs. Bellringer. Incidentally, yes, Mrs. Bellringer was the one ringing the playground bell. How funny the world is, eh, Matthew? I never loved you. 
but that's okay. You never loved me either. You just wanted to marry the girl who played Mary in the nativity play. And that's not a crime. Or at least it wasn't. It might be now, Matthew. So my top tip is for parents, carers and teachers. Do not let your children get married when they are in nursery. Why? It will give them commitment issues later in life. Hello? Textbook example over here. Doing an Australian accent. I was about to say, yeah. So this is a t- this tip is actually in response to a meme that my sister sent me on Instagram. So she tagged me in it. And she said, oh, so the post said, so I got married in nursery and I haven't seen my wife for 16 years. No wonder I have commitment issues. And my sister commented on it saying, you need to get in touch with Matthew, Kaylee, and ask for a divorce so you can move on properly. (laughs) And my my sister's younger than me, so she would have been two and she wouldn't have been at the wedding. She wasn't at school then. But there's a picture of me crying in the wedding dress. And I just don't want to get married to this boy. And they just make me. And I just am distraught. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Your parents make you marry this boy at three, six? I think I think there's some confusion in the memory because there's a picture of me crying on the wedding day. They set it all out and the whole, the whole nursery were involved in it. It was like a weird school where the nursery, the primary school and everything was all joined. It was very weird. Uh-huh. But I said to my mom, like, oh, yeah, like, have you got a picture of me, that picture of me crying? Because I need it. And she's like, you didn't cry, Kaylee. You loved it. You loved it. You were up there getting married. You loved it. And I was like, I don't think so. I think it's definitely a picture of me crying. And she just refused to acknowledge the fact that I was crying. But my sister remembers the picture. My mom knows the actual event. So who knows? But she said that my mom's very much like, you made me let you get married and my sister's like mum made you get married so who knows but it is a silly top tip although I do recognize that there is a severity of uh, younger people being forced to marry older people I'm not going to go into that because it's obviously a comedy podcast but uh but there are three 10 year olds who are married who got married to 24 year olds and that is the youngest what why are you laughing sorry no, I just, I don't know how we got from this adorable, Cassidy, I love you, you know I do, but the way you can deep dive into tragedy, and it's like I get like an emotional like whiplash from it, because I'm like, where did that come from? You literally went from this adorable story about children getting married in a playground, isn't it funny, to like child marriage which is this really serious awful topic and I was like how has she I don't know she, she's cassidied me all over again I don't know I'm sorry Ca- carry on with your intense tragic <laughs> no, that, that's ended now that intense tragic has ended I just wanted to acknowledge that it's a serious thing <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the two are, are relevant to each other. Um, I don't think playground marriages and child marriage are in any way linked, but okay. Thank you for clarifying. That's okay. That's all right. Okay, sorry. sorry. Okay, Kaylee, go on with your top tip. So all I want to say is that that trauma at my very early age has been stored in my memory now for years. And after deciding, because for a long time, I wanted to be a celibate Catholic and only have sex when I was married like I was pretty Catholic as a younger girl but that stopped when I was like maybe 14 or something I don't know not that I had sex at 14 sorry I just meant I've stopped I don't know I didn't have sex at 14 anyway moving on but yeah no I I think that I, I've been on an epic journey with the marriage and the wedding thing like because of this initial 
event in my life. So I looked at an article on the Daily Mail where there's a mother, she's complaining on Twitter about the school organising a wedding for the, the five-year-olds. And the mother says how it's creepy. And there's so much backlash against her saying, how dare you say it's creepy? And then there's a couple of people who stand her ground and say like, okay, so if we're going to do weddings, why don't we do, well, like, are they going to do funerals? Like, where does it stop? Like, what, what is the point of teaching a child a wedding at, at school? I suppose there's other things we could be teaching them. So it was just quite interesting. Mm -hmm. The mother's tweet, she's called Not Another Jaffa Cake, legend. <laughs> <laughs> CUV Primary, quite churchy, rural catchments, so no choice of schools unless you want to drive. They're organising a class wedding for one of the key stage one class, basically role-playing a wedding at a local church. Is it just me or is this creepy, says, not another Jaffa cake? Can't put my finger on it, but it feels entirely inappropriate for small children. It's one thing kids messing about playing, but another thing to be told by a vicar that God will not permit divorce. And there is no way this school will demonstrate a Jewish or Hindu wedding, let alone a gay one. And how do the kids whose parents have split up or never married in the first place feel? Mm -hmm. So so I think it's like quite quite an interesting topic because, yeah, like the institution of a wedding has been very heteronormative. So the mum is bringing up like what what are you what are you reinforcing in doing this wedding mm -hmm. even if it's not creepy like what are you teaching your kids basically they can only marry someone of the opposite sex mm -hmm. and are are you going to start doing funerals as also a ceremony because that might be really traumatic for kids but also it might help them handle death when it comes to them because basically every wedding ends in death doesn't it no no I'm only joking <laughs> <laughs> well your death of singlehood I guess yeah so don't let your kids get married at a young age in a nursery wedding. Don't do it because they'll end up like me. Amazing. And if that's not convincing, I don't know what is. Thank you, Kaylee. Daisy, your rebuttal. It's only that I think actually children should get to just be kids and enjoy childhood. And when you're a kid, you like it. It's the kids. I don't think I mean, it would be incredibly fucking creepy if these children were not willing participants and adults were setting up weddings for them because they want to see little kids get married, obviously that gives <laughs> it this really sinister context. But I'm imagining that this, you know, fake weddings and schools are being driven by the children, in which case, you know, they like to play cops and robbers or whatever games. It's just a way for them to understand the adult world is by just, acting out these little scenes it's quite sweet really I mean some children will take it too far and feel abandoned years later but you've got to think that there are some children Oi, you know that's who, enough now one sentence <laughs> there are some children Kaylee I just I, I want you to know I'm there for you because there's some children <laughs> who watch like you know watch like play counter-strike and then they shoot up a school do you know what I mean it's just that some kids are very susceptible because they're dum-dums. You've got to be there for the little dum-dums. They need more help. Yeah. They do. Okay. Thank you, Daisy, for that rebuttal. It is now your second top tip. What is your second top tip for surviving wedding? Okay. Uh, my second top tip would be when planning your own wedding to plan it like an event manager would. So, so basically... Firstly, for my wedding, I got married in a registry office and then my wedding inverted commas was a few days later and that logistically made everything easier and cheaper. So there's one top tip. But what I mean by planning it like an event manager is plan your wedding from the perspective of the guests attending it, not just from 
your own perspective of things you want because then everyone's going to have a nicer day. So also consider things like I got married in an old Art Deco cinema and it was really lovely. And I did that just by writing to the cinema and asking whether I could. And they said it was fine. So we got married in the cinema and had the ceremony in between films. And I think it's just like, if you don't ask, then you don't get. I love that. I know. I love it too. Absolutely love that. And why have we never heard that before? I don't know. I just never thought to bring it up, but it was it was really fun. If you ever have a memoir, it's going to be called In Between Films. In Between Films, yeah. <laughs> I love it. But that's the thing. I think you can, sometimes you can just ask people, can I use this space? And And sometimes, you know, if you're speaking to the person who gets to decide they'll just let you like I once this is slightly off topic from this but it was about two years ago there was a particularly cold winter and I lived in Camden at the time and I walked past I mean this is a story that begins sweet but then shows what a naive idiot I am (laughs) because I walked past this family who I thought were all homeless and I thought it was such a cold winter and they were sleeping on these like duvets and I thought Christ they're gonna die out here so I wrote to the CEO of um I won't because of how the story ends I won't say but a big company that supply camping supplies I wrote to their CEO and I said could you possibly give me like free sleeping bags and he gave me four thousand pounds worth of sleeping bags which me and my friends then like distributed in Camden uh including to this to this family who then when I got there they had these men it was Saturday night And they had men there with like smartphones. And I basically think they were like a criminal gang. (gasps) And bless them, it's not their fault. You know, they were probably trafficked here. But I ended up giving like this gang (laughs) stuff. And the man was really unfriendly. And I was like, these are the situations I I get myself in. But sorry, that was a complete side note, just that the company company gave me stuff so for your wedding if you really want to get married in like a park or whatever just ask the person and see if they say yes but the event management thing I would say things like be logistically really tight on the day plan things like make sure you've got like walk yourself through the guest experience make sure if you're going from one venue to another that you've ordered enough coaches because it's all these kind of things that will make it a disaster if they're not thought through but they're not the shiny fun things you'd immediately think of um I agreed with Kaylee's last point actually in not wasting money we managed to save so much money I ordered my dress from Monsoon and so it's like 300 pounds and it was a beaut on the internet now you could get I can concur it was a beautiful dress thank you but we just we couldn't afford a lot so we had to just kind of like we got married in a village hall village halls and like community halls some of them are really lovely and people wouldn't necessarily think of them so I think that's a way to save money we got a caterpillar cake from M&S instead of a big (laughs) wedding cake Colin or wiggles. Oh no, you get actual wedding ones. So MS do a bride and groom. With a veil on. Yeah, with a veil. They've got a little veil and everything. They do big bride and groom caterpillar cakes. They were amazing. Some things logistically, like having short speeches, I think really long wedding speeches really kill a room. Mm-hmm. Having live music, I think makes a massive difference. Having one space, because I've been at friends' weddings when they're really like fancy, like stately homes but you end up like some of your guests are in the drawing room and some are on the dance floor and some are out in the gardens so it ends up feeling more like you're at a festival than at one party and we had children at our wedding because I have like godchildren and I have nephews 
So we had kids there and we got like a mini soft play for them, which was like cute. And then up the road, we had, we picked a village hall that was next to a playground. So the kids would have somewhere to run around. So yeah, that's my tip is really just, you know, indulge in the things you really want to, but try and save money where you can. And just think about it in terms of what would the guests enjoy. And don't waste money on things like, wedding favors because you know the things you get on the table and you get like like a mini like jam jar nobody I mean I I don't know if I want to hurt brides feelings by now telling them all this but no one gives a shit about your wedding favor no No one has ever taken those almonds home and thought wow thank god I got almonds nobody cares so (laughs) yeah that's my tip thank you Daisy excellent Kaylee your rebuttal I think I'm too hungry to rebut my tummy is rumbling <laughs> and I'm imagining eating a Colin the Caterpillar cake right now. That was my tactic. I will say this, Daisy, I cannot in any world imagine you giving a short wedding speech. I didn't give a speech. That's how we <laughs> achieved it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, meant, I meant the other people, just general wedding speeches. Is that your rebuttal, Kaylee? It is. Great. Awesome. Excellent stuff, ladies. So this one, I'm going to give two points to Daisy, plan a wedding like an event manager from the guest attendings ex- perspective. I cannot agree with this more. Like so important. That's what we try. I mean, not to brag, but we did the same thing with our wedding. We wanted everything in one venue. So nobody had to worry about driving from the wedding to the reception. We had coaches that would take people to the hotel. There were two times that you could take the coach. So if people, you know, cause people have kids and stuff like that, and they're not going to want to be there till late night. And then yes, the party favors. Nobody gives a shit about the party favors. Take that money and get a phone. I do. I'm always the one who just people give the favors to. You would. <laughs> I don't go to the wedding, but I get given all yeah, the almonds. This could be why you don't get, don't get any weddings. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so we took that money and we did a photo booth, which was super fun. And then people, we got to keep the photos. You know, there was two copies. People could keep one copy and then we got to keep that, another copy. So we got to see all the, fo- the fun photos that people were doing. And they also got a favor too. And it was fun. Yeah, that's a good favor. Yes, it is your day. But also think about it from the guest perspective because they are taking time out of their lives. They're spending money to come to your wedding. They're giving you a gift. Like make it a party and keep them in mind. And you also don't want to be that like, oh, remember Daisy's wedding? That was the fucking worst wedding. Mm. Okay, excellent. So that's two points to Daisy. For the rebuttal, I'm going to give the rebuttal to Daisy as well. Let children play. It's just a game. And Well, you weren't going to give it to me for saying I'm hungry. Oh, no. I know. It was close there, Kay- Kaylee. I want you to know. I was I was debating. but was a good rebuttal. I really I, it, it, it was everything. really good. But I, it was, but I had to go with Daisy's. Let children play. It's just fun. I get it. It's fun. If they end it. up with it's commitment fun. issues, there could be other reasons. Um, Just kidding. And Kaylee, people could just leave you because of your horrible personality. It's nothing yeah. necessarily to do with Nothing to do with the fact that you got married when you were three. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. Because you're delightful, Kaylee. That's funny. If, we, if you weren't, I wouldn't say it. Okay, ladies. We are going into the final top tip. How is it, it going to go? We have Daisy at four points, Kaylee at two points. Now, it honestly could go either way. So let's not, let's not get lazy, ladies. Let's not get lazy. <laughs> What's wrong with being lazy? I mean, to be f- What's wrong with that? You know what? You're right. There's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, for the sake of entertainment, Kaylee, get it together and don't be lazy. Okay. Okay. Thank you. 
be professional. I've just eaten. Oh, thank so it's fine. God. What did you eat in this time without yeah, us what did seeing? You eat? How did we not eat? Air. Air. You had air. Uh, Vegan diet. Uh, you know that scene in lovely. Peter Pan when they pretend to eat and then they get hungry that's what I was doing oh lovely or hook I used to by the way be absolutely obsessed with that scene I don't know if any of you have ever seen it but it's I love like, it I love it oh my it. god it's so good I tried to do it I would do that all Children the time eating what looks like paint isn't it yeah um, oh, see if it. I ever got married that would be the banquet I'd be like guys we're keeping it dirty <laughs> everyone imagine that you're eating all of this food <laughs> I just I don't know why, Kaylee, but I really imagine that you would be the kind of bride that the sister-in-law wouldn't stand. And every time you said, we're keeping it birdie, she'd be like, why can't she just say cheap? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, um, Daisy, okay. what is your final top tip for surviving weddings? So my final top tip for surviving weddings is if you are from a culture who have interesting traditions would be to absolutely embrace them because I love them so much. So the best wedding, and I can't emphasize how much fun it was, the best, best wedding that I ever went to was my best friend, Anna Pavlova's, who's now Anna Yantens because she's married. <laughs> I got really nervous about her last name. I was like, Yantens, Yantens. Anna is originally from Latvia, so is her husband. They now live in Iceland, but they got married in Latvia and their wedding was out of this world. It was insane. It was just, it was in the most beautiful place. And it was, there was this little like woodland glade and they had this outdoor ceremony and it was bananas. In the morning, he comes around and he like plants a tree in her parents' house and they have this tradition. So me and Anna's sister, they don't have bridesmaids. They have this thing called fake brides. And I looked it up online and I tried to find out stuff about it, but it was really hard. All I could, because a lot of the, the websites weren't in English, so obviously I couldn't read them. <laughs> but the um, what I could gather was that there was something to do with the witch and that in the olden days in Latvia, it was to make sure that the groom was sort of loyal and true, that he wouldn't be tricked by these like imposter brides. So basically you wear like a fake veil and then you make your case as to why the groom should marry you instead of of his wife to be so he comes to wife's house so her sister was like oh I do yoga I'm really flexible like her sister's really funny she was like so you should marry me and he was like no you're not the one I can't marry you and then I said you know I'm funny like we'll have a great time together he's like no you're not the one I'll marry you and then the real bride asks and she's like I think we'll be happy. And he's like, you're the one, I'll marry you. I was in fucking bits. Like it was so emotional because it's like her best friends or her sisters trying to get her husband to marry them instead. And he's like, not for me, not for me. That one's for me. It was so moving. And her family, they were just so delightful. Everything was like, they had a sort of like pagan, like ceremony in the evening where the the brother-in-laws they all like jumped over swords there was a big fire there was like this like little like old world band I mean if not a fire like a bad fire I mean like a bonfire okay. and they like they were jumping over rump- ropes jumping over swords they had this thing it was like where Anna had to they put the veil over her head and then all the women had to be like bees and you had to come around her and it was a fertility thing and they have a son now who's adorable so you know maybe it worked Nicholas so it worked but they're just having all that like kind of 
ceremony and tradition was so much fun. And then I got given because the brides that don't get married traditionally get like a little gift, like the fake brides. So I got like these little fake sheep in a box that were meant to be because in the older days you would have been given actual sheep to be like, okay, you didn't get a husband, but have a sheep. <laughs> so, I, and then there's other traditions like in um, Mar- Mauritius, you have fattening farms where the women, so they're actually often um, criticized for the ethics of this, but because I'm such a greedy gob, I think I would personally have loved this where it's meant to be a sign of beauty and wealth for the woman to be big. So they go off and try and get fattened up at these fattening farms before their wedding. I was on a diet before my wedding. I'm like <laughs> fattening farm. What a dream. Um, <laughs> Takes the pressure off for sure. Yeah. yeah for sure. In France, you have this thing called banging, which is not rude before you Ooh. start. Um, <laughs> where basically, I'm, like, I'm the... familiar with that wedding tradition. Yeah. Thank you. Well, on on the wedding night, which I would have found incredibly annoying, but people come outside the couple's room and they bang pots and pans, and it's meant to be like a celebration. And then the couple have to give them give them drinks or something. Um, (laughs) I'm not saying this right, and apologies to any French speakers. It's charivari, (laughs) charivari, charivari, cherry baby, cherry baby. It's got C H A R I. V-A-R-I. So anyone listening who's French who knows what that is, Charivari, um, that's the name of it. But it also used to be used, and this is something I find quite funny, if people didn't want the married couple to wed and they wanted to show disapproval and also to show the home of an adulterous villager. So in the olden days, it was kind of a negative thing. And I just thought, what a mad, like, imagine committing adultery which obviously is bad but then hearing like all your mad aunties banging pots outside but yeah and then I've also found a tradition in Scotland and sorry I got this from the BBC website and the Guardian and perhaps my favorite a website called scoopwoop.com in Scotland there's a tradition of blackening which sounds disgusting so basically it used to be apparently in the olden days, they used to wash, richly wash the bride's feet. Then they started doing it outside. Somehow this developed to the both couples, instead of just the wife being out in mud, them having like farm, like slurry and mud and all kinds of horribleness, literally. So the, the couple would, it was called blackening because they would just, you would, you know, they'd be covered in mud. It was the idea of it was that the couple would be able to face anything that was coming at them. And apparently in Aberdeenshire, they still do this sort of as a hen and stag tradition that they, you know, cover the bride and groom in mud. That one I think can probably die as a tradition (laughs) because I think it's just so awfully horrible. But the other stuff and the fake brides and things, I think those are really fun. So I think if you have any kind of old traditions from whatever culture you're from, then keeping them alive is a a good idea. Excellent. Thank you, Daisy. Kaylee, your rebuttal. I'm all about embracing culture. I think that's really important, especially if you are getting married, definitely keeping it in for sure. I mean, my name's Kaylee and I'm named after my mum's favourite dance. So if I would ever get wed, and I'm Irish, I would definitely have a Kaylee. But (laughs) I just think it sounds a bit excessive, like these traditions. The Latvian weddings was very stressful and I know it was enjoyable, but imagine planning that. And also 
it sounded very Henry VIII with the man and all of the women popping up. It (laughs) felt like a scene out of a Shakespearean tragedy with Henry VIII. So it sounded quite excessive to me. So I reckon keep it simple if you are going to keep in things. And yeah, embrace embrace the culture. Thank you, Kaylee. And with that, Kaylee, we come to your final top tip for surviving weddings. Okay, here it is. Top Tip number three, probably the most hippy-dippiest thing I'm ever going to say on how to survive your life. I'll be the judge of that. I doubt that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I doubt that. Let's see. Okay, okay. So I'm not going to suggest that you marry for money or love, but I will say if you are suffering from a broken heart or have chronic low self-esteem, say yes to yourself and avoid Love Island. I looked at an article on the BBC called Why More People Are Saying Yes to Themselves and it talked about sologamy, which is the act of marrying yourself. That's why I'm saying say yes to yourself. And it was all about the transformative nature of self-love. Now, sologamy is a cultural ceremony, ceremony celebrating the importance of yourself. 2020 is a time when the number of unmarried people is at a record high. So, well, a lot of people aren't getting married now, are they? So, sologamy mm. is a fun thing to do to show yourself you are great. Traditional society celebrates romantic partnership and weddings are always about marrying another person. I watched a video on YouTube with this girl called Sophie Tanner. Mm-hmm. She's a woman who married herself and she's from Brighton, obviously. <laughs> The capital of hippies. I think it was really nice, the video. It raises the profile of self-love. And that's why she's talking about sologamy. And it's easy to sort of spit and say like, oh, like, oh, how hippy dippy. Like, why is marrying yourself any different to marrying another? Like, social conventions can make our perception so narrow. And if you are judging sologamy, like, ask yourself why. Why is it so weird to tell yourself that I love you? Because at the end of the day, you'll always have you. And in um, Sophie Tanner's ceremony, she says, and she had it at Brighton Fringe Festival, which I think is a really nice experience. (laughs) She says, with this ring, I thee wed. So people who marry themselves are usually doing so to return to their essence, the true sense of themselves, because they have suffered a heartbreak, which destabilized them. And also the marriage of the self reinforces gratitude of yourself and those around you and saying yes to yourself, you can reclaim the power that you feel you lost in the heartache. Uh, Reinforce boundaries and take some time to reassess what it is that you want from life. For a long time, I thought home was the person I was dating. Like this is true actually, but it's not. Home is inside ourselves. We are our homes and that is something worth celebrating. I'm definitely attracted to the idea of sologamy. I had a friend and she's now getting married which is funny but the two of us we were like we when we first heard about this we we arranged to have a ceremony but then she got into a relationship and I never saw her again (laughs) but I really like the idea of it I think it's really nice um not being married at 32 most of me is fine but a tiny part of me feels like a failure and I feel disappointed in myself Mm. sometimes at my most lonely I might think what's wrong with me but is it actually how I feel or how society makes me feel? Because mm. I'm not going to mm. say to people don't get married, but I will say don't worry if you're not married. Next summer, there's going to be a lot of wedding invitations going out. <laughs> a lot. And there will be moments of envy for people who are not married. Uh, if you if you never meet the love of your life, I don't think it's fair to be excluded from the party. So why not keep it 
birdie and marry yourself because you are the love of your life. And this is a footnote. Okay. The reason why you should avoid Love Island is because it's shit and will make you feel shit about yourself afterwards. (laughs) Thank you, Kaylee. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Daisy, in one to two sentences, your rebuttal. One to three sentences, your rebuttal. It's hard to rebut this one because I actually do think the idea of slogamy is a really nice concept and very empowering, quite sweet. Katie, though, I would say, you know, I, on a personal level, find you quite a sour woman. (laughs) It's not even true. I don't know why it made me laugh. Daisy, for me, do it. Call me sour. (laughs) Do it. Do it. (laughs) Do it with a straight (laughs) face. I'm sorry. I find you quite a sour woman. And I think that's why you're alone. And I don't think you'd be dissuading others because they could meet their soulmate still. You know, I think that you're projecting <laughs> negativity and I don't want our podcast to be a platform for your oh, no. lack of hope. You Great. Thank you, Daisy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So this is a really good round ladies, because I love both of these first Daisy embrace your cultural traditions. I loved everything about that, but also, and also Kaylee, I completely agree with you. Say yes to yourself. And also don't worry if you're not married, like it's like you will, you may not find that person. That's okay. You might find them when you're 40 or 50 or 60. And that's okay too. It's literally social constructs that make people get married when they shouldn't get married. So, uh, so I really liked, I, I really like both of these. I'm going to give two points to Kaylee. Actually say yes to yourself. What? Yes. But I'm also going to give a point to what, Daisy for keeping. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give that point to Daisy for keeping your, tr- uh, your traditions. Cause I think that's important and it personalizes your wedding. I think that's lovely. And I almost want to cry just hearing about this landic wedding. No. So that means that Daisy wins by a point four to five. What? No. Yes. So you're the winner, but also I get a bonus point for, um, being, being hungry. Hung- being hungry. I was going to say that. <laughs> being hungry. Okay. I'll give you half a point for being hungry and eating air. So being very quiet while you ate. I appreciate that for her podcast. So that means you have four and a half points. And so Daisy still only wins by half a point. But she is now the survivalist of the week. Thank you. Daisy, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well done. Kaylee, any thoughts as we we end the... I wish the bishop well. (laughs) What does that mean? Can you Google it afterwards? You will get it. Michael oh, Burns, no. Google it afterwards. Is this me? Is this like when people say see you next Tuesday? It's it's really it's really like quite I want to make it a phrase which people can just say, you know, when they don't want to answer a question. It sounds like some like oh, mafia thing. Is this Michael Gove? Michael Gove, yeah. So he's basically <laughs> in he's being interviewed by a news reporter and they're say, telling him a story about a bishop who's really concerned about the government's uh, legislation on lockdown. And after this whole thing, Michael Gove goes, well, I wish the bishop well. Brilliant. The news reporter says, is that all you're going to say? Are you not going to answer the question? He goes, I I like the church. I like bishops. I wish him well. What a bird. So funny. Thank you, Kaylee. I thought it was some like Scottish Irish mafia thing. Same. Uh, (laughs) Okay. This has been How to Survive Your Life, How to Survive Weddings. I'm your host, Molly Merwin. Uh, As always, we have... 
Kaylee Cassidy, who is the loser this week and survivalist of the week, Daisy. You can find us on Facebook at How to Survive Your Life, on Twitter and Instagram at How the Number Two Survive Pod, or you can email us at how to survive your pod, all one word at gmail.com. If you like this, please like, and subscribe, maybe even give a little five-star review. That would be so kind of you and, or tell someone about it. Tell your dog, tell your mom, tell your coworkers on zoom, just tell, tell someone, tell the Bishop, the Bishop likes us too. That is it <laughs> for us this week. We will see you next week when we tell you how to survive your life. Bye. Bye. Music by Desire.